tackling the big question today, one that probably would have made sense to address earlier in the series, so I apologize there. What is encephalitis and how does it impact me? Well, encephalitis is inflammation of the brain. It can be caused by viruses or other infections, but my particular flavor is autoimmune-driven, meaning that my body's own immune system is to blame for causing the inflammation in my brain. For the average person, this results in various neurological and psychiatric symptoms, which can look kind of vague in nature. And the clinical picture can vary a bit in terms of severity, just how quickly all the symptoms come on, and which symptoms are the most prominent. So doctors often need to invest a lot of time and effort into ruling out other diagnoses. In my case, it actually took doctors five years to diagnose me. Now, I would say I'm definitely more of an outlier there. Typically, you see patients who will be diagnosed like within a few months. Sometimes it can drag on longer than that. But again, I'm more of an outlier case that kind of slowly rumbled and worsened um, until I had an acute exacerbation that actually landed me in the hospital for the first time. Common symptoms include seizures and psychosis, but I had neither. My predominant issues have been cognitive impairment, which started as memory issues after a flu-like illness. I thought it was just part of being sick at the time, but then the regular sick symptoms went away, but the memory issues persisted, and they were pretty intense. I was in my third year of university at the time and did extremely well through first and second year and memory had always been like a really strong suit for me so to start having those prominent sudden memory issues was quite alarming at the time but I could figure out ways to compensate for them. Namely, I dropped all various manner of extracurricular activities, uh, volunteering, captaining a soccer team and immersed like literally all my waking efforts at the time into reading, rereading, and re-re-re-reading times like a thousand all my university notes. And of course, like if you're to go to your university health center, the most obvious explanation that people come up with is like, oh, you're probably an overstressed university student, annoyed and frustrated that you're not easily getting A's this semester. So, you know, go home, get more rest. But I had immense fatigue as well. Like I would fall asleep during class and had trouble staying awake and making time to do anything besides just doing all that rereading of my textbooks. And eventually I ended up just dropping out because it was all just so exhausting and I couldn't keep up. My brain was starting to process things so slowly. And like, it was just so bizarre because like for the first semester, I was literally the top student in this like decently competitive um, medical laboratory science program. And even like the program director, she saw how keen I was and she figured that, oh, this student's gonna go on to get a medical degree after finishing this program, which didn't particularly suit my interests at the time, but speaks at least to some level of like competence and ability, I guess. But then it was just like, something hit me and, so, and I was never the same after that initial illness. And then as time went on, I developed more general thinking issues as well. Like with reasoning through tasks, I would like lose track of what was happening. Partway through labs, uh, that also contributed to me needing to drop out because I felt awful about the idea of dealing with real patient specimens when I don't have the wherewithal to keep track of what's going on to process them and, and spit out lab work results that I could feel confident about. I was having executive functioning issues like 
It sounds kind of ridiculous, but it once took me five whole days to clean my room. Not because it was like a pigsty or anything, like under normal conditions, maybe it would have taken me an hour to clean my room, but it's just because like, I couldn't order my tasks and actually execute those tasks. It had nothing to do with laziness, it had to do with the simple fact of I can't keep track of what's going on around me and like every little step I'd have to really consciously think about instead of like say you can put certain things on autopilot and think like oh, okay let's wipe down this table instead it's like well first I have to I guess get up out of this bed walk into the bathroom figure out where the paper towel is like turn on the tap and just on and on and on there were so many things that I realized that I used to take for granted that I just suddenly could not easily do anymore. My verbal fluency in terms of speech production also tanked as well. Like the prior sick version of me would be astounded that I could record a podcast like this right now because my head would just be so blank and the idea of having a normal conversation with anyone, not due to anxiety, but just because <laughs> I couldn't string the words together or kind of translate the amorphous thoughts in my head into actual English. Um, it was just such an overwhelming challenge. So with all this general brain dysfunction, you might begin to imagine how impossible it would be to hold down even just a regular job once I dropped out. So I went from being a pretty model student with the particular defined career path in mind of becoming a medical laboratory technologist and probably studying onwards to get to academia to feeling like my brain is molding away and succumbing to a sort of dementia, essentially. The whole trajectory of my life and career just radically ground to a halt. You can also imagine that with no concrete diagnosis for five years, your social life is going to suffer. You feel the sense of shame over the lack of brain activity in your mind and inability to converse with people, and your family is like, what happened to our daughter, granddaughter, sister? Um, I'm just really, really lucky that some key people stood by me this whole time as I went from doctor to doctor, <laughs> traveled thousands of miles, spent thousands of dollars of my parents' money, all in the hopes of finally unraveling this medical mystery. And now, <laughs> well, six years onwards, I'm so happy to say that I am on the mend with appropriate autoimmune encephalitis treatments, which I went over in a previous episode, and that I'm on my way back towards having a relatively more normal adulthood, and also getting back towards a career where I can make a living for myself. And as much as it sucks to have had most aspects of my life just on standstill for the past six years, which is almost a quarter of my life, I must say there's also a sense of freedom um, and having a bit of a blank slate and rebuilding my life up from the bottom. Um, I don't know exactly what the future looks like from here for me, but I'm just so incredibly thankful to have my feet underneath me again and to be gaining back the self-reliance and confidence that I lost during this illness. I just feel so lucky now and it's my hope that every encephalitis patient will attain the same sense of healing and optimism that I feel in my bones these days. And with that, we'll leave things here and catch you tomorrow for my next daily podcast episode leading up to World Encephalitis Day on February 22nd.